Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that realized today that when you're 80 years old, Ash Ketchum will most likely still be 10 years old. My name is Drew, <laughs> your host of the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Here. How's it going? How's it going, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I actually got a dog this past weekend, which was which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yes, yes. You, uh, I, you sent me a picture of the new dog. Um uh, what's his name? So, so her name is Luna, and she is a uh, 100% full-bred uh, husky. That uh, nice. she's about a year old, and we—it's one of those situations where we took her off a family that was kind of a friend of a friend sort of situation, and uh, they just weren't able to uh, care for her anymore. So we ended up taking her off of their hands. But uh, no, she's awesome. She's super calm, surprisingly for a husky, right. and um, it's huge. Absolutely. And I love like going on like super long walks and stuff. So it's just an, another excuse to do that. And uh, she looks like a dire wolf from Game of Thrones, which is badass, too. So I'm pretty excited about the situation overall. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And when I said when I got the picture, I was like, uh, one of our brothers asked what the name was. I don't remember seeing the name in the text stream, but then I thought yeah. to myself, it's crypto. I don't know why you're asking. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, I think there's we threw around some uh, Game of Thrones names like Ghost would have been such a cool name, but she already had the name Luna, which, uh, you know, which I was cool with. I actually like that name a lot. And I mean, in the world of nerd dumb, you know, there's Luna Lovegood from Harry Potter. So it does have that nerdy pop culture connection anyways. You know, sure. got to make sure you have the most important uh, pieces of the puzzle in place. But uh, yeah. how about you? What's new with you? Uh, nothing. <laughs> It's been that's this, awesome. This, this week has been, <laughs> I watched a few things, um, read, uh, reading a new book. Um, uh, other than that, I worked a lot, so <laughs> nothing's new with me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have anything exciting to tell you. Um, no, that's all good. But yeah, man, what are we? Uh, let's jump in. What are we watching? What are we reading? So I watched one thing since our last episode, and that's the thing that I was partway through last week, and that is uh, Witcher, uh, The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf, the anime film on Netflix. Uh, did you have a chance to check this out yet, Drew? No, just the trailer. We talked a little bit about last week because I was unaware that the movie came out. I was like, oh, hey, look, a trailer. <laughs> just So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it just came out last week. But um, yeah, I watched through the whole movie and um, I can say like I loved I loved it overall. Like it's really, really good. Um, I think The Witcher as a series in general has this sort of uh, my only issue is with it is it has this sort of lore dumping aspect to it where 
instead of like kind of showing you certain things, they'll have these scenes that are just like a lot of heavy dialogue that just dump a lot of lore on you at once. And I think this movie does have that problem a little bit. But if you pay it close attention and if you're taking notes, you know, figuratively taking notes taking to notes. the dialogue. <laughs> wait, 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 <laughs> taking, wait, 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 wait. Taking notes. <laughs> no, taking mental notes. Basically, I'm just trying to say if you pay attention to the dialogue throughout this movie, all of the lore that they go through, actually, there's like a number of things that they talk about that by the time you get to the end, it's all wrapped into this nice little bow. Like everything, there is a lot of heavy dialogue at certain points, but there aren't any wasted words. And I really appreciated that. Um, because from what I saw, I thought that this I thought this was the same animation studio as like the Netflix Castlevania series. I tried to research that a little bit more. And as far as I can tell, it's not the same animation studio, but it's honestly the same level of just really awesome um, anime style animation. But it's like the, you know, super realistic looking anime as, you know, anime style as well. Um, by the time you get to I mean, this is kind of spoilers, but there's a pretty really incredible action scene at the end of this movie. By the time you get to the end, there was parts and it sounds crazy to say this about a uh, 2D animated film, but there was moments where I felt like it almost looked real because the background as well as the characters, as well as just the color palette that they decided to use in this movie. It's just so well done. Like the craft is just top notch. Um, and just some of the action scenes in this movie i was just like really really impressed with um last week i mentioned that in this movie i didn't think this had any relation to the witcher characters from the show proper like i kind of thought this was a side story um by the time you finish this movie though there is a connection where you do realize that this does have a connection to the main events of the Witcher show. And I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, no, I just thought this was a really, really well done uh, short movie. And the cool part about it is, and this is maybe just me filling in gaps that I wish were there in my head, but it almost felt like a pilot episode of a TV series to me. And like, there's this weird part of me that's hoping that, if this movie is popular enough, they're going to spin off a animated series off of the show. So that's kind of and that's something that I don't know if that's in the works at all. But the way this movie felt, it felt like it was the beginning to a story rather than um, rather than just a complete story. You know, it didn't it felt like there's places to go after this movie. And I really would like to see that. So. I know Netflix is listening. I'm just saying spin this off into a show. We all want a Witcher animated series. This that would be really awesome. So, yeah, that's about, that's probably about all I have to say about it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really champing at the bit to hear your review of the show, Drew. Um, I will make sure I get to it. I look, I really like the lore of the Witcher. And the thing that you said about the lore dumping when I watched the first season, now I've I've made it clear that I've never read these books. I know of them. The books started coming out. I was working at a GameStop when the books started coming out. And one of the guys I worked with was he picked up the first book and he's like, this thing's amazing. You guys need to read this. He was just all into it. Um, and I never played. I never got into the games. But 
the idea just sounded cool. I just never had time to read the books or anything. So in a post Game of Thrones world where you're going to pump shows like this out, um, the first season I like, but the first season, like you said, has those lore dumping moments, which that's where I felt the show dragged the most. Yeah. Um, but um, the anime, that, I mean, I guess I could call it an anime, um, seems to, or the cartoon animated movie, however you want to word it, that that uh, right. just based off the trailer, it seems to be a lot more action packed. Um, but then again, with cartoons, you got to kind of keep them moving in a sense. You know what I mean? So, yeah, absolutely. Like there is a ton of action, but there is there is a lot of dialogue. I think the movie does a good job of um, it has a lot of uh, there is a lot of moments of dialogue, but they present them um, just from a cinet cinematography standpoint. The moments that are dialogue heavy, they present those those in a really um, interesting way visually. Okay. So that's. That's just a really cool aspect of it. And going back to the the Witcher series proper and um, how like it does have those sort of lore dumping moments. I think the main problem is, is just like you said, this is a post Game of Thrones world and Game of Thrones just did such a good job because Game of Thrones is, is a series with very intricate lore that could it could be a lot for somebody who's not a huge uh, fantasy fan to watch that show and to be introduced to white walkers and all these like other crazy concepts. But I think the way like game of Thrones did such a good job of presenting all these esoteric, fantastic ideas to the audience and making sure that each one was going to impact you emotionally while you watched it. And I feel like that's just, it's not that the, first season of the witcher was bad in that respect but it's just like a slight shortcoming that just sticks out a lot more because game of thrones handled that sort of situation so well if that makes sense yeah and you know this could be the fact that i know the game of thrones stuff i knew a lot of the game of thrones like war and story and stuff before going into um the show in general but i didn't really feel that the the lore dumping in game of thrones was very heavy-handed um, I felt it was interspersed just enough to keep you going, wait, what was that? And then they cut to something else and then they cut back and you're like, oh yeah, back to this. Okay. You know, um, absolutely. I don't, I don't know if it was a conscious effort to like not board your audience or I really don't know, but like, I thought they handled their lore dumping really, really well and it was paced out and, uh, brilliantly. So yeah, absolutely. And, and I just really, I, I do think they did a good job of like, when they do present uh, lore in Game of Thrones, they do really um, there is like moments of emotional impact that's going to make you remember certain aspects of that world, which I think other shows haven't. I, I don't know if I've seen any other piece of media that's done it as well as Game of Thrones. <laughs> that might sound hyperbolic, but I just that shows a, that's right. a brilliant show overall. So it's hard to. I mean, everybody loves Game of Thrones. <laughs> we could be talking about this forever. Despite, but, yeah. despite, the, despite some of the people not liking the ending of the show, it's a brilliantly put together show. So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, was that all you watched? Yeah, honestly, that was the only thing I had time to watch this week. Uh, how about you? Um, well, so like I said, I was reading a new book. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, author Matthew Riley. He had a book come out uh, that. The Two Lost Mountains, which is part of a series. Um, it's the second to last book in the series. Um, I've been normally when a book of his shows up at my house, everything stops so I can read it. 
Um, it has been sitting on my shelf for quite a while because I've been incredibly busy and it was more of a, I want to enjoy this and savor every word of this book. So as soon as I'm not as busy, I will, read yep. it. <laughs> you know, I know, I know um, how that goes. So, um, it's been sitting there staring at me, but I've been kind of making it my little reward for myself. Like, okay, life is calmed down time to crack the cover. And I literally have spent the last two days just sitting on the couch reading uh, and all my free time. As soon as I get home from work, it's like, that's awesome. Instead of playing a video game, I have a book in my hand kind of thing. So um, (laughs) it's been kind of nice. However, so I'm really excited to see how that turns out. It's awesome. Um, The series is great. Um, It's called the Jack West series. It's the best way I can word it because um, I, I really don't know what else you'd call the series, but um, it's like, uh, and I've talked about it before. It's like a modern day Indiana Jones, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. the two things that I watched, I did a Disney double feature this weekend, uh, this past weekend. I watched, I watched live action Mulan and, oh, I, cool. and I watched Cruella. Um, oh, okay. live action Cruella. I watched them back to back. Um, like I said, legit double feature. Um, <laughs> Have you they seen, are spiritual sequels of each other, aren't they? They are. Have you seen either of these? I have not seen either one of them, but okay. uh, I'm very interested in, bo- right. in both so of them the trailer, and watching them at some point. The trailer for Mulan made it look amazing. Um, overall, the movie was awesome. It really was. Cool. I was, however, my one criticism, here's the thing. If you've seen the movie Mulan, like the animated film, you're pretty much getting that with the live action version. There's not a lot of surprises. They instead of uh, instead of the dragon Mushu following her around, uh, they have a phoenix, um, which doesn't talk. It's more a symbolic kind of a thing in the realm of like martial arts symbolism. Um, yeah, and uh, and there's some magical elements to it because one of the villains is a witch, so there's some magical stuff uh, roped in. Ultimately, however, um, the movie was really great and it's pretty much the story, you know. However, I was expecting for a live action version of Mulan that looked like it was predicated on a lot of actual martial arts that we would have gotten more fantastical martial arts. Um, We live in a post Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon world. And I expected a little bit more fantastical martial arts sequences. I don't mind the wire work when it comes to martial arts because that those movies were does wire work. Martial arts is meant to make them seem a little bit superhuman. So when you watch a movie like this, I kind of expect that not saying the martial arts was bad. I was just expecting a little, a little bit more fantastical, if you will. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like if you're going to have a, uh, you know, this sort of spe- uh, Phoenix sort of like spirit guide to Mulan, as well as a witch using magic and stuff. Why not bring in some fantastical wire work? And I've always been a fan of that as well, like in movies like uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and, uh, you know, various other kung fu films when they do that sort of uh, that more imaginative uh, wire work fighting because it turns it into a fairy tale or a tall tale. Um, it turns it into more of like you're watching yeah, like a tall tale that people would tell over and over again. And you're watching the way you would imagine these battles as opposed to how they actually would happen. I always thought that was a really cool concept. But, um, yeah, it's good to hear that Mulan is a uh, good movie. I honestly don't know why I haven't checked this one out yet. 
Um, yeah, it's it, I was I was impressed and surprised by it, but I was like time to sit down and finally watch this. And um, I also, quick, quick. Oh, sorry. Quick question about Mulan. Do they is this a musical or is this just a straightforward, you know, regular movie <laughs> for lack of a better term? A straightforward, <laughs> regular movie. OK, fair enough. Yeah, some of those great. songs in Mulan are some of my favorites. So that's just why I uh, no, wanted this, to know. <laughs> this is a straightforward, regular movie. There's no musical element to it at all. It's um, there's a there's a great score to it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's overall it's just it's it's overall it's a really enjoyable movie. Like I said, my only criticism is I was expecting the martial arts to just be a little bit more fantastical. <laughs> I hear you. Um, uh, but then I watched Cruella. And I'm going to say this movie was awesome. Um, Cruella was Cruella in terms of these live action Disney movies, in terms of like telling the origin story of a villain. This is definitely probably my favorite of them. It's definitely probably and probably the best one, in my opinion. Um, The uh, the setup, it it fully sets up the original film. hundred and one Dalmatians. And when you see how it kind of lines itself up, you're going to go, Oh, that's crazy. And it was about two thirds of the way through the movie that I was like, Oh wait, that's the girl who owns one of the dogs from hundred and one Dalmatians. Cause it's a couple that owns the two dogs. Um, right. Pongo and whatever the female dog's name was, they own them and then they give birth to the hundred and one Dalmatians. Um, but the story of Cruella was very – here's what's cool about it. Did you ever see the movie Devil Wears Prada? Yes. Okay. It's very much a Devil Wears Prada kind of a story wrapped in an Ocean's Eleven kind of a heist film. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's really, really incredible. Um, the blending of those two genres was just super entertaining and to see how it played out. Uh, Emma Stone was just so charming in this throughout, even when she had to do all the evil stuff. She was still just charming, just chewing the hell out of the scenery. Um, they clearly had a lot of fun making this movie. Um, but, yeah, overall, I really, really liked it a lot. So Nice. So related to The Devil Wears Prada, is Cruella closer to Meryl Streep's character or Anne Hathaway's character? Um, Anne Hathaway's character. Oh, OK, nice. So it's like Anne Hathaway uh, yeah. embraces the dark side from that movie. That sounds pretty, yeah. uh, pretty interesting yeah. take. Not what yeah, I expected. Uh, yeah. And it's pretty cool. The opening of the movie is. Um, the opening of the movie is kind of. Batman, if you will. And you'll know what I mean when I say that. When you see the movie, you're going to know what I mean. Like, oh, that's what he means by that statement. But, um, <laughs> but then, yeah, I mean, I, I can I, I don't know what you mean, but it may, it seems to make sense. But uh, keep going. You'll, you'll understand. As soon as you see the scene, you'll go, oh, that's what he meant by a Batman opening. Um, and then it, the story kind of goes from there and you're just kind of along for the ride. Um But the movie never stops being entertaining. And that's probably one of the coolest parts about it. There's never one moment. And it's long. It's two hours and 17 minutes, which for a Disney film, live action or not, I felt was lengthy. And um, and there was not one moment where I was like, when's this going to be over? Looked at my phone or looked at my watch. I was just like I was captivated the whole time. Um, And it never it never stops. Losing that muster, if you will. So. 
That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm going to ask you the same question about this movie as I did about Mulan, but is this a musical or is it just a uh, straightforward, normal movie? Straightforward, normal movie. Uh, and we don't have anybody singing the Cruella de Vil song in it at all? The, I'm going to then. I'll, or I'll is make, that a spoiler? This is essentially <laughs> a spoiler, but I'll talk about it. Like I said, it sets up. It sets up. Um, the it sets up the the film 101 Dalmatians. So when you watch the movie, there's a character that you're like I said, I realized, oh, that's the girl who owns the one dog. And then you're like and then I was like, oh, and that's the guy who owns the other dog. And then as a bonus scene, you see him in front of his piano writing the Cruella DeVille song. Nice. So it's a very brief but it's the only musical type element of <laughs> the movie. Otherwise, it's a straight up movie. And it's a bonus scene like near the cre- it's like right near the credits. It's like the credits start and then they show you that and then they go back to credits. So. OK, nice. Yeah. But no, seriously, watch Cruella. I was really entertained by that one. That one was great. Hmm. So, yeah. All right, man. Well, that's it for my watching and reading. Um, unless you have anything else, you want to talk about the news? Yeah, let's go for it. Cool. All right. So um, I am always trying blowing up the idea of Mission Impossible movies. And Tom Cruise um, has Mission Impossible 7 and then Mission Impossible 8. And they're shooting them back to back. Mission Impossible 7 is supposed to be I think it's supposed to be out later this year. If I'm wrong, it'll be early next year. Um, I I have a feeling it's going to be early next year because I don't think they'd put it back to back because Top Gun 2 comes out this year. More on that in a moment. But because Tom Cruise and I've talked about this before is his this is I always praise the way he makes movies because no one makes movies the way he does right now because he wants to do everything real. He believes that there's a cool interview with him about Top Gun where he's like, there's certain things you cannot act. And he goes, I know my audience will know if it's fake. So um, everything has to be done real as real as humanly possible, but safe. So he's like, tries to do all his own stunts. He wants like the G forces of the plane to be actually pulling him. So the look on his face is real and not acted, you know, and that's awesome. There's a, there's a sense of authenticity to that. So there's like a, there's like a Stanley Kubrick aspect to that as well. Cause I remember hearing about how like Stanley Kubrick, like tormented the actors on like the shining set and stuff, just so he could, you know, capture like actual fear yeah, in film and stuff. And so that's really interesting uh, conceptually. Definitely. Yeah. And Tom Cruise uh, worked with Kubrick. So that might be where he picked that up. That's a good I totally forgot about that. But yeah, eyes wide shut. That's a really uh, good call. But um, but this is, you know, like when you look at Mission Impossible six, this, the motorcycle stuff was all done for real. The helicopter stuff was done for real. The halo jump was done for real. And that trickles back into Mission Impossible five and four and so on. But so we're walking into Mission Impossible 7. There's a motorbike sequence. So Tom Cruise did 13,000 motorcycle jumps to prep for Mission Impossible 7. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I don't know what that means, but that makes me go. Clearly, some motorcycles are going to be jumping. Um, Absolutely. With the um, with uh, this quote from Tom Cruise, this is far and away the most dangerous thing I've ever attempted. We've been working on this for years I wanted to do it since I was a little kid. I have to be so good that I don't miss my mark. <laughs> um, that just makes me excited to find out what he's talking about. 
Um, but the move, but I guess Mission Impossible Seven's done and shot. They're literally in post uh, edit phase right now. Uh, That's awesome. So I'm excited for that. But in other Tom Cruise news, um, Tom Cruise has made sure that Val Kilmer returns as Iceman in Top Gun Maverick. Um, and this is huge. So Val Kilmer's return to Top Gun was spearheaded specifically by Cruise, who is very adamant that Cruise came back to play Iceman in the movie. Now, this is huge. Uh, do you know what's been going on with Tom, with uh, Val Kilmer? Uh, a little bit. I haven't been following Val Kilmer super closely, but uh, so yeah, Val, you can go so Val on Kilmer, on several one. years ago, he basically disappeared from the public eye. Right. Okay. And basically what happened was he got throat cancer. Yeah, I knew it was some sort of health issue. Yeah, he can't talk. Um, so despite all of that, Tom Cruise is like, no, we have to have him back. How do we get him back? How do we fix this? How do we like help him? Whatever. So and this is absolutely nuts. So um, despite all that, Kilmer managed to keep working while dealing with his health issues with Top Gun sequel months away. Um, uh, Cruz and Kilmer decided to unleash an unexpected gift for his fans, the return of his voice. They reconstructed Val Kilmer's voice with an AI program called Psionic Sonatic, or however I say that word. So Val Kilmer's light, deep voice. Um, well, hold on. You'll be able to hear his light and deep voice. Unfortunately, Kilmer's throat cancer battle took away his ability to express himself vocally. But this AI company, company Sonatic, uh, let fans hear his voice one more time in an online video. So Kilmer says a phrase we often hear is having a creative voice. Uh, but I was struck by throat cancer after being treated my voice as I knew it was taken away from me. People around me struggle to understand me when I'm talking. But despite all that, I still feel I'm exactly the same person. But now I can express myself again. Um, first off, that's awesome. Secondly, I checked out the they have a video clip online. It's basically it does nothing to it. It's basically like a colored screen and you get to hear his voice. And it's incredible. Um, it sounds so amazing. Um, and I don't know if you've. Like, I know he's tried to do a couple things, but his voice, like I've heard his voice uh, when we found out about the throat cancer thing years ago. So it was clearly like destroying his vocal cords and everything. But they were able to basically reconstruct his voice. And it's awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, I know I know uh, Val Kilmer's been in some like uh, I don't want to say B movies, but not as uh, big movies for a while. And then I remember seeing him in uh Jay and Silent Bob reboot, of course, but um, I, I don't think he had any speaking lines in that movie. He, just he had no lines. Uh, no lines Batman. in that. Movie. It was yeah. It was just he was just there to or be blunt man. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he was just there to be blunt man because he played Batman. So it was like, let's get one of the Batmans to do this, and he's just it's a shot of him, and you're just like, oh my god, that's Val Kilmer, and that's it, you know. Yeah, but but overall, it's just awesome to know that first of all that. Tom Cruise was so adamant that Iceman was going to come back for uh, Top Gun 2. And when you really think about it, like Maverick and Iceman are like there's those two and the sort of uh, rivalry and relationship between those two characters is really like the heart and soul of the first Top Gun movie. So like Iceman has to have a presence in here somehow. And it's awesome that Tom Cruise was bringing him back in. But it's also the, it's also cool how I just said, like, 
Val Kilmer's been in a lot more like B level movies, like not as big releases for like, I don't know, a decade or more at this point, but it's cool to see him brought back for Top Gun, which is going to be this huge, you know, like (laughs) triple A release to use like video game terms. But you know what I mean? Like it's this big, huge movie and it's awesome. Just the whole story overall is just really awesome and heartwarming in general, you know? Well, and even if it's just a cameo sequence, you know what I mean? Even if it's just Val Kilmer is now promoted through the ranks and he's just a military general, like, you know, sitting behind driving a desk and he's telling Maverick, like, dude, you need to slow down. You know what I mean? A scene like that, that's, you know, it's going to be awesome to see him again. So, yeah, it, it reminds me of the uh, the first Expendables movie with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's cameo because he was only in that movie for like 20 seconds or something, but it was one of those things where he did just a cameo, but he had to be there. And that's a really goofy movie to compare this to, but this is the more serious, like legit version of that where like, yeah, Iceman has to be here. Like his presence has to be here somehow. And it's just awesome that they're bringing him back in. You know what I mean? I know. I know. It's awesome. I can't wait. So, um, I just get more and more excited knowing we're getting closer to top gun too. So, um, yeah, I my, I cannot wait to be in the seat for that one. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of bringing people back to the movies, um, are you ready <laughs> for Expendables 4? <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> I had no idea this story was coming up, and uh, I had I just gave you the perfect segue. So, uh, I no, know. I didn't know about I Expendables know. 4 at all. <laughs> I, I, I ordered the news on purpose when I did that specifically for your laugh, which was perfect. Because I don't – and see, a lot of people – so so for our listeners out there, I do not tell Peter the news before we do our shows. Um, I literally just find news. If he tells me something that he wants to talk about, we work it in. Otherwise, I just dig for stuff on the internet that I feel like talking about, and then we go from there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the news is usually a surprise to you, which is kind of fun unless you've already saw it, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, yeah. So the Expendables are back. Stallone, Jason Statham, Dolph Lundgren, 50 Cent and Megan Fox. Oh, I just saw this because I saw that 50 Cent and Megan Fox are being added to the list, which is funny and cool, but weird. Um, 50 Cent and Megan Fox, I both I don't know if I think of either of them as like action movie stars, but I guess they fit that role in their own right. Like the majority of the movies that those two have been in have been action movies, unless well, I'm wrong. 50 Cent's entire movie career, I think, is action. Yeah. Megan Fox had all the Transformers films, the Ninja Turtles films, uh, Jonah Hex. So she's done her share. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think, you know, we're, we've done our share and I don't have a problem with Megan Fox. I just was like, when I saw that they were bringing it back, I was like, really? Uh, here we go. Expendables four. Why not? And then I saw the cast list. I was like, OK, I'm like, yes, yeah, Stallone. Yeah. Jason Statham. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren. Yes. Yeah, saw that 50 cent. Megan Fox. What is <laughs> so? <laughs> Absolutely. It's it's pretty cool. It's just it's super random. So right. I'm a little behind in my Expendables movies. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll check this one out. Yeah. Right. I haven't I don't know if I saw the third one. I do remember there was one photo shoot. Um, which was they did one photo of all the action stars at once on a set. And I was and it was one photo from the photo shoot for like Vanity Fair or something. And all I could think in my head was this is the most expensive photo ever taken in the history of the world. 
and it's because of the amount of people on set and what it probably cost them to have them all there. So, absolutely. I when that movie came out, like I feel like meme culture wasn't exactly what it is now, but it just hit so many boxes on just being like a major ridiculous meme of a movie. And that's just a hilarious. I might have heard about this when that photo was released, but it just seems to go with the whole banter of the movie just overall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, again, speaking of another someone coming back to the movies, the Rocketeer will be returning. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, I actually did see this one as well. Um, yeah, so the Rockets is returning with a Disney Plus movie. It's a, it's going to be a reboot, correct? Sounds like it's going to be a reboot, and um, uh, well, what's his name? Orwellio, however you say that guy's name. Um, he uh, he's going to be directing it, I guess. So I don't know um, how they're planning on going with. So, but. I'm down. I like the Rocketeer. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I really love that movie. I was just like, sweet, we're doing a Rocketeer movie, great. So, yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely check this one out. There is a point where um, I was talking about this with some friends uh, earlier, and we we're all kind of groaning at it a little bit just because of how many Disney Plus releases end up being reboots you know how there's you know they're doing the home alone reboot and just so many so many of the things they've released are reboots but i mean it is the rocketeer which is an awesome movie in the first place and it'll be really cool to see what they can do with newer technology and uh maybe just to see this new take on the whole thing it might be pretty interesting well i mean there's that argument but how many of those reboots have just been awesome i don't know because i haven't watched any Well, I was just going to say, like, the... Uh, like, I know you said the Mighty Ducks re- or TV show is really good. Yeah, the Mighty Ducks thing was fantastic. You know, so, like, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm down. I like, and, but this also makes me wonder, when do we get the Willow show, man? Um, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for Willow. But Willow is probably waiting to be shot in the volume. And uh, the volume schedule is kind of being taken up by Star Wars right now. So, um, we'll see. <laughs> that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, But all right, let's move on to DC news. Um, So first off, uh, this is kind of big. There's a couple things that released. So first, um, first and foremost, um, CinemaCon happened a week, week ish ago. And some footage for Matt Reeves, the Batman got released. Um, They showed some new stuff. Apparently, we have a new trailer coming our way. Um, as well as some footage from uh, Matrix 4 got released at CinemaCon. Both movies got incredible responses uh, from those who were able to attend CinemaCon. Uh, from what I understand, it was primarily just industry people. So I don't know. I understand there's that argument of uh, critics versus uh, actual audience members. Um, but both movies got incredible responses. The big thing about Matt Reeves' Batman, the first reactions for Batman are describing it as a scary, dark, and graphic horror movie, um, and it's three hours in length. Uh, I mean, everything you just said sounds amazing. (laughs) That sounds Um, awesome. And Matt Reeves also also said it was supposed to be an emotional journey for the Dark Knight in a way we've never seen before. Now... Um, I don't know how to take that because I read a lot of Batman comics, so I can understand what he means by maybe an emotional journey. But in terms of the movies, I don't know what he means by saying we've never seen that before. 
Um, what I can say is that um, Matt Reeves, if you look at his uh, film history, um, he did the Planet of the Apes films. Mm-hmm. And um, those were all like they're all dark, but they're all emotional journeys. And uh, they were I thought they were really, really well done. So when he says he's kind of focusing on more an emotional journey for those characters, I kind of see what I I kind of can use those as a platform to see what he's trying to say, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, this it's hard to know what to say, because every single aspect of this description of this new Batman movie that you just said to me sounds amazing. Like it sounds like the Batman movie I want to see. Like I want to see a Batman movie that makes me scared, but also that connects with me on an emotional level and everything I've seen from this film, which at this point is really just a couple behind the scene shots and knowing who is involved in the movie. I think this movie is setting up to be something really special, at least as far as I can tell. Um, I did want to ask, cause you said they released footage from this Batman, uh, this new Batman movie, as well as matrix four. Is this something that you had to attend the event to actually see, or has any of this footage footage been leaked or what's the situation here? CinemaCon every year, from what I understand is an event that you have to attend to see what's there. Okay. Uh, and everything is kind of hush hush, almost like, a. They keep everything as hush hush as possible till someone leaks it online, and then eventually they go, "Well, we might as well just release the trailer now." <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it enough. sounds like there's a trailer that was always planned to be on the way. They just showed it off, like to the execs and whoever was able to attend. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, in other DC news, um, the script for the HBO Batgirl, the HBO Max's Batgirl movie, is finished. Um, it has been written by uh, Christina Hodson, who wrote the Birds of Prey movie. Um, I'm a huge fan of Batgirl and the lore around her character. Telling me that the person who wrote this it was in charge of writing Birds of Prey. All I can say to that is there's some stuff in Birds of Prey that really kind of angered me as a fan because they really got a couple things incredibly, incredibly incredibly wrong and i i just watched the movie as it is and just kind of took it for what it was but that just scared me a little bit because i didn't realize she was writing it so then again birds of prey could have had studio insight and them interfering in certain things so i don't want to pass judgment yet yeah i mean this is another thing where i don't have too much to add but no arguments for me as far as uh what you've said about birds of prey and um i'm hoping it's good um yeah i mean i'm excited for a new batgirl film for sure but uh yeah everything you said just there i kind of really agree with 100 percent as well actually <laughs> right um so we got two more dc news one of them's uh so here we'll talk about the rumor first because this had me really excited um, Michael Keaton's returning as the Batman in Flash, uh, the Flash, yeah. um, and everyone's really excited about it because we get to see Michael Keaton again. We get to see the Anton first Batmobile again. You know, it's going to be awesome. Anyway, there is a rumor, and I don't know how true this is, but we know how Internet works when it comes to rumors, um, that there's a rumor that Michael Keaton's Batman deal with Warner Brothers right now is a multi-picture deal. It's not just the Flash film. This is where the rumor goes. The flat, the deal includes rumor 
quote unquote, by the way, I'm just saying this right now. This isn't I'm not saying this is fact. So don't come back and say Drew from Top Five Reports said this is happening. Um, rumor says the deal includes The Flash, the Batgirl film for HBO Max, and they're quietly working on a live action Nightwing and Batman Beyond projects. Nice. Uh-huh. How many people want to see Michael Keaton play old Bruce Wayne in Batman Beyond? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the old fan cast for from like 10 years ago. People were talking about this. Like, I oh, know. it would be awesome to see Michael Keaton play the old version of Bruce Wayne. So if that's a reality, that is just badass. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Last piece of news. This kind of dropped earlier this week. So uh, it's dropped over the weekend, actually. Uh, DC Fandom will be back this year. Um, so last summer you and I sat down and got to sit and do DC fandom and it was basically an online comic book convention and we got to sit and watch some trailers and watch panel discussions and all that stuff. Like I was going to Comic-Con, but I was sitting in my house in front of my computer. Um, and so DC fandom is coming back. It is going to be October 26th. Um, the downside of that is I already checked my calendar and I am slammed busy that day. There's no way I'm going to be able to sit and watch uh, the panel discussions, but I will go back and sit and watch all the trailers afterwards when my day winds down. So if you're able to watch any of the panels, by all means, Peter, I'd love to hear your thoughts if you're able to sit down and do that. Um, Yeah, I'll do my best, but um, it's honestly those trailers like last year. That was just such a fun event from it really was San Diego Comic-Con level of like, oh, this new trailer came out, this new trailer came out. And it was just such a it's just such an awesome event. And uh, Drew, I know you you and I are both D.C. fans, so it's kind of cool to have that sort of uh, all that hype concentrated for, you know, a fandom you love and care a lot about. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'll do my best to watch as much of it as I can. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes when the event actually happens, I guess. <laughs> well, <things laughs> we're, being, go ahead. What? Oh, no, I was going to say, were you going to say more a uh, little well, bit? I was ago. just going to say things that are being covered at DC fandom this year. Uh, and I'll go in importance of getting you excited. Um, League of Super Pets. Um, OK, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Catwoman Hunted, whatever that is, it could be an animated project. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, Young Justice sounds Phantom, cool, though. Young Justice Phantom. So the next season on Young Justice. Um, Har- Harley Quinn season three, which I'm super excited for. I loved the first two seasons. Um, a Black Adam sneak peek, whatever that means, because I know they're I know they'd be gun shooting. So they got to have something right. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully it's a little more than last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, Injustice, the animated film. I don't know if you know about this, but in the DC animated universe that they're creating these straight to Blu-ray movies or whatever, um, they're doing Injustice. I don't know if it's a multi-part thing or if it's just a one shot or if it's just a one movie, but they're doing an animated film. I think that's fantastic. I can't wait to see that. Um, that's going to be huge. That's I, awesome. It's going to be huge. Um, Aquaman, King of Atlantis. So this Aquaman sequel, they're going to have some stuff to show us there. And then the one that I'm assuming is the new Batman animated series for HBO Max is titled Batman Caped Crusader. Um, it might be a working title. I really don't know. It's just listed as Batman Caped Crusader. But they have a picture of the Bruce Tim artwork that was released when they announced that they were doing it. So I'm assuming that's what that is. It sounds just like an awesome, like I said, an awesome set of trailers to watch. Um, 
do you suspect that they might release this new Matt Reeves, the Batman movie trailer at DC fandom as well? They could. Am I out of line? No. Suspecting that they might, you know, (laughs) I, uh, I don't think you're out of line at all. That's, I think that's a direct possibility that that could be a thing. Absolutely. Um, Well, you heard it here first, but, uh, that's my finger fingers crossed. If they're going to have a surprise, I'm hoping that it's going to be that movie's trailer. That would just be amazing. But right. Right. Um, all right, man. Well, that kind of brings us to the end of the news. You want to talk the list tonight? Yeah, absolutely. Cool, man. All right. Well, in that case, uh, Ryan, do me a favor and roll the thing. for the top five. All right, uh, Peter, this was my pick this week. Um, and I, I, it's a list I don't think, I, I'm surprised you and I have not gotten to in the time that we've been doing this show. Um, and uh, I have a feeling, so let me just get to cut to the chase. We're doing our favorite anime. Um, yes. And I... Have a f- and I and I know that there's going to be listeners out there going, "Wow, you watch stupid anime," um, <laughs> but it's the ones that I've watched, it's the ones that I like, and it's the ones that I've that have sat with me. And that's the thing when it comes down to your favorites, what are the ones that sit with you the most? Um, I've not actually watched Naruto or Naruto or however you say it, um, and I know that that's one that I've been told many times that I should watch. Um, I'm not a fan of Dragon Ball Z. Um, I never really understood it, but it, you know that's that's one that I didn't jump on the bandwagon with. So um, I was behind to, to begin with. So um, I'm really curious to see your list, Peter, because you, I think, consume more of it than I do. Um, but um, I just realized we've never uh, talked about this. So do you have anything to say about it before we get started? Or You've actually like hit on a lot of points that um, I was thinking about bringing up myself. But first of all, related to uh, Naruto and Dragon Ball Z and similar shows, I, at the, in the same way, haven't gotten into a lot of these sort of really long serialized uh, shonen sort of anime series like uh, Dragon Ball Z. I watch really casually um, back in the day on Cartoon Network. And um, but like at the, in the same way, I never got into Naruto or One Piece or, you know, some of those other series that are just super long. Um, but it is like. I'm really excited about this list overall. Like, I just think this is going to be so fun to tackle. This is a list I always wanted to do, but it was one of those ones that I always felt like, and I don't know if you felt this way, like we were just saving it up, you know, like, you know, oh, no, this week doesn't feel like a good week to do anime. But this is going to be really this is going to be a really fun discussion overall. And um, what was I going to say? Oh, no. Related to people saying like, wow, you really like dumb anime. That made me laugh because I remember a long time ago I saw this uh, comic online. It was kind of just this meme sort of crap post comic. But it was this comic that showed two people who met each other and they found out that <laughs> they both liked anime. And it was just one of those things like, oh, cool. You like anime. I like anime, too. And then they're like, well, what kind of shows do you watch? And then the person says what they like. And then the last panel is both of them just staring at each other, judging each other for the shows that they like. And I just <laughs> sure. like the whole concept that anime as a medium is such a deep well filled with just such a variety of different shows and movies and series that everybody has their own takes. 
or taste in this in this anime world. Everybody thinks that everybody else's preferences sucks, and I just love that it's that deep of a well. <laughs> everybody can judge each other on their uh, preferences, if that makes sense. No, it does. And, you know, I don't mean dumb anime, I guess you could say. There's so much of it. So much. And... Like they pump it out quick too. Like the the speed at which they're able to make this stuff is kind of blows my mind a little bit. But um, there's styles of anime too because a lot of times it's artwork, and there's certain styles that like I don't like, and it's usually the ones and the ones that I don't like are the ones that over exaggerate expressions. Um, you, I think you know what I mean by that. Um. Where they like yeah, do the, the face and they over exaggerate the expressions. Um, those I don't like, but um, when we talk, when we go through our list, you'll understand what I mean by the ones that don't do that because um, it's just, I mean, I don't mind a little bit of over exaggeration because it is a cartoon, but the ones that do it deliberately and it's like every other shot, you're just like, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> But the ones that are a little bit more adult are the ones that I kind of gravitate towards. Um, I had a really hard this one thing on my list that I'm not even sure if I can call it anime, but everywhere I look, it's constantly listed as anime. So I was like, mm, OK. Um, and anime to me is not I'm not referring to regular animation. Like, yeah, I love the Batman animated series, but I don't count that as anime. It's animation. Sure. But I don't count it in that sense. And then. um yeah, so I was specifically focusing on a specific style, I guess you could say. And I assume you did, too, but I just want to say yeah, that yeah. the conversation. So. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely focused on a specific style. Um, there's so much you said just now that it's so hard to even know. It. Like, there's so much I want to say about different things you just said, but it sounds like all these topics are going to come up on our list. Um, so before we dive into it, the last thing I'll say, which is kind of cool, is, Drew, I feel like you and I, I don't know if either of us are like hardcore, hardcore anime fans, but we do appreciate the uh, style of animation and the medium a lot. Like we both appreciate this medium quite a bit. And uh, what's cool about it is I think both of us have gotten into kind of a lot of our own series and movies within anime. So I think we're not going to match a ton, which will make this for a good uh, discussion as well. But um, I have uh, I have two honorable mentions. I don't know uh, where you sit. I have one. Okay. Yeah. So then I'll start and then um, I don't know if I'll go two in a row or how it'll go. But um, my first honorable mention, I can probably keep pretty short. Uh, Drew, this is definitely one that you're familiar with because you showed me this movie. But I chose the anime film Ninja Scroll. Um, This is a movie that. I remember back in high school, like I mentioned before, I was pretty casually into Dragon Ball Z. I wasn't the person who watched it every day and I wasn't the person who watched every episode, but I was the person who for a couple couple weeks would be binging it on Cartoon Network after school every day. And then I would get sidetracked and I would come back in a couple months and maybe watch it for a couple weeks more, you know, like that sort of a casual fan. And I was uh casually into all of the adult swim anime shows, you know, Trigun, Cowboy Bebop, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I never was the person who caught every episode every night and Ninja Scroll, because it was a movie, because it was about ninjas and just 
badass gore and battle scenes and the movie's composed of a bunch of like almost like mini boss fights and stuff this was a movie that i just felt like i could really go full in on i could really feel like yeah this is one of my favorite movies i just think it's it's badass it's filled with violence and gratuitous nudity nudity and everything you want to see as a high school <laughs> like this movie was awesome and uh it's just one of those those movies that i saw at the right time in my life and i've always had a fondness for um i'm sure we might even talk about ninja scroll as we go on i don't know your thoughts on the whole thing but uh yeah this was my well, first honorable mention just scroll so people understand what it's about this is what imdb says it's about um, it's about a vagabond swordsman who is aided by a beautiful ninja girl and a crafty spy in confronting a demonic clan of killers with a ghost from his past as their leader who are hell bent on throwing this. And I don't know how to pronounce this word, uh, but the bad guys, I guess you could say, um, the, uh, the movie is just ridiculous in certain places. It's just a lot of fun. It's it's martial arts and swords and violence and gore and like you said, nudity and language and um, the the movie, like I said, is ridiculous. I absolutely love this movie. Um, I know there's a series which I never saw. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the sequel. I know there's another one. It's like Ninja Resurrected or Ninja Resurrection. I think um, I wasn't yeah. a big fan of that one in comparison, but I loved that original film. Um, when I got introduced to it, um, it was in college and we had a, I had a friend of mine who's like, everyone's got to come over and watch this movie. Um, and he gave everyone like a character list and you chose a character and you could comment, (laughs) comment and talk until your character died. And then you couldn't talk for the rest of the movie. (laughs) That's Uh, such a fun way to watch a movie. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, this is, he's like, I expect you guys to comment and talk and we'll laugh and whatever, but I'm going to give everyone a character. And when your character dies, you can't talk anymore. And it was kind of a funny bit. Um, and he wouldn't let anyone pick. And he wouldn't let anyone choose the main character like no one could pick the main guy. So, yeah. So sorry, this is like really bad and I won't go in depth for it. But uh, I had a group of friends who did a similar thing back in the day. where They all got together and watched a movie. And as they watched it, they chose a different character. Every member of the group was going to identify with the only issue is that movie was deliverance and things got really <laughs> awkward as the movie went on. Wow. Um, um, lastly, to comment on Ninja Scroll, because I know we've talked about it's super violent, gory, action packed, lots of nudity, lots of craziness in this movie. This is a movie that um, as I've kind of gotten more into anime as a genre, I've kind of like learned that this is a movie that came. It was one of those movies that was kind of imported to the U.S. during like the 80s, or early 90s or something. But it was at a time where the only people who were watching anime were these weird like comic book guys who were in their like twenties and thirties who were just kind of like trading VHS tapes at comic shops and stuff. And it's kind of funny because nowadays, like there's a huge, like sort of like preteen innocent, like comic book fan or sorry, not comic book anime fan base. But I just think it's funny because there's Ninja Scroll. There's other movies like Wicked City and uh, a lot of other just really dark, <laughs> gruesome movies that were kind of imported to the U.S. back in this time where it was just kind of these older comic book nerds. And it's kind of cool how the 
anime fandom has kind of reversed where it's almost like a younger fandom nowadays and uh, people are a lot into less dark, violent, gruesome stuff. But I think as a historical thing, I think Ninja Scroll fits in that weird sort of VHS trading element of uh, the whole like anime implosion over in the U.S. If that all if that all makes sense, if you know what I'm talking about, Drew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my first honorable mention. Uh, should I go on my next one and then you'll go? You should, because essentially it's my list. So like that doesn't like screw us up. So absolutely. So my next one is a anime series that I've mentioned on the podcast a couple times before, but it is the series Claymore, um, and this is just a really badass uh, medieval fantasy story that I really love. Um, it's kind of funny that earlier in this podcast episode, I was talking about the Witcher, um, and the Witcher, the nightmare of the wolf, um, anime movie on Netflix, because the thing is Claymore. And I don't know if I almost feel like Claymore or the Witcher, like, I don't know which one came first, but I almost feel like one of these things influenced the other one because Claymore has so much in common with The Witcher because Claymore is this anime series that takes place in this medieval world where there's all these humans and they're all terrorized by these demon monsters called Yoma. And there's this group of female warriors called Claymores who um, battle battle these monsters. And these uh, female warriors all have silver hair and silver eyes they call them silver eyed witch witches and they all have this really cool work looking uh battle armor and they have giant swords and they run around and they kill these monsters and it just feels so it feels like this spiritual sister to the witcher series and i'm actually want to research it more like did claymore influence the witcher or vice versa because i don't know which um series came out first but this is an anime series that i watched probably a decade or more ago and it was one of those things that um on comcast on demand this was just a series that was available that i ended up watching and i ended up just loving so much and it's just it's badass medieval storytelling and uh it's just really it's a really great, solid series. Um, I think I mentioned the series on our uh, top five favorite underrated uh, pop culture. Okay. Uh, yeah, you, you know that list. I think I mentioned Claymore on that list because this is a series that I think is really, really cool and nobody seems to really talk about. Um, it's hard to know what more to say, but I definitely think if anybody gets the chance to go back and watch Claymore, like this is just a really cool series overall. Right. And this is it's a series that I saw, like, you know, when I was searching around, like, ooh, what's some cool anime to watch? It was one that caught my attention. And I'm glad you brought it up um, because I have a little better, better of an idea of what I'm going into. So, um, yeah, no, that's that sounds cool. I'll have to now actually put that on my list of things to check out. Is there and I hate to ask this, but I brought this up last week. I always like watching anime with the English dubbing. Um, because it's, I find it difficult to watch a cartoon with subtitles. Um, so are there, is there an English dub or do I have to watch it with subtitles? This is one that I've watched so long ago, um, that I honestly don't 
know. I don't I can't remember if I watched this subtitled or dubbed, but I feel like it was dubbed, to be honest. Like, I feel like in my memory, I can imagine this being dubbed. And Drew, knowing the uh, knowing the kind of stuff you like as far as in the sci- science fiction and fantasy realms, I think that you would love this series. Um, right. I just think it's really badass. So, yeah. All right, cool. Um, well, my first, uh, my first, my only honorable mention for the night is a show called Fate. Um, there are two of these. One's called Fate Stay Night, and the other one's Fate Zero. I believe that Stay Night comes first. Um, this is one that I stumbled on. I was literally just looking at like what caught my in- attention was the artwork. And I was like, oh, this looks kind of cool. Let's give it a shot. And it was on like a list of like, you know, the better animes. So I thought I'd give it a list. I thought I'd give it a watch. I ended up watching both of them, Stay Night and Zero. The way I can describe this is it's about mages um, who use their supernatural abilities to summon these legendary warriors to battle for them. Um, Okay, cool. So imagine like a Harry Potter that like only does summons and then controls these like legendary warriors. Um, it's because they're all like they all seem to be like kids in like a school, but they're mages who do battle with these like abilities they have. Um, and so you have so like you have King Arthur um, that gets summoned, for example. But King Arthur is actually a female. It's like a female version of the character. Like they're like they're ver- they're characters, but it's like they've embodied these other beings to battle things out. Nice. It's it's really violent. It's really like there's moments that are gory, and there's you know it's it's exactly what you would want. Um, but I was captivated watching it. It was just. I I've, it's very recent that I've seen it. So it's kind of like it's, it hasn't sat with me as long as some of the other items on my list. So um, okay, but I, cool. definitely, I definitely think it's something that you would like knowing of the thing is you do like. So, yeah, absolutely. This is one that um, I've kind of had a similar experience with. I have not watched the series, but it's one of those things where I was looking for new anime series to watch one time. And uh I did watch, I think, an episode or two of Fate Stay Night, and I didn't get super into it, but maybe I just need to rewatch it. Maybe I just wasn't took, in the mood at, at that couple, moment. You know? It took me a couple episodes to get into, but it was mostly because I didn't know what the heck was going on. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> like, it all kind of fell into place. And I was like, oh, OK, you know, so absolutely. Um, but yeah, anyway, that was my honorable mention for the night. So what do you got? Sweet. So moving into my app, I have a feeling that we're not matching at all. Maybe one, but yeah. Yeah, that's kind of uh, kind of what I'm thinking as well. (laughs) But that's that's all good. It makes for a good list. Um, So my first pick, my first actual pick, uh, this is a, a series that I've talked about many times on the show. I absolutely love it. Uh, despite the fact that I'm definitely behind on the anime, but I went with My Hero Academia. And this is a series that I just said, like, I haven't gotten into a ton of these sort of long running serialized shonen anime shows, but this is probably the one that I could pick that fits that mold the best. And this is a series that I when I first heard about it, I was always pretty I was always interested to an extent because I knew it was about superheroes. And uh, one day I decided to actually take the plunge and uh, watch the anime. And I watched an episode or two and I just got engrossed in 
the storytelling in the show. And uh, it's just really cool, especially if you're into Marvel comics and DC comics and the whole like Western comic book superhero world. This is a series that the creator, um, I can't remember his name, but the the creator of the series is super influenced by uh, DC and Marvel Comics, especially, but just the concept of a superhero. And it's one of those series that while you watch, you start to notice like, okay, this character is kind of like the Harley Quinn of this world. And okay, this is this character is like Deadpool. And you start to notice all these sort of subtle parallels with like the actual uh, Western comic book world that we're used to. But then at the same time, he's injecting all these characters who have really, really unique and weird um, superpowers that you never would expect. Like there's one character who can shoot like a uh, scotch tape, like out of his arms and he can kind of glide around almost like a Spider-Man sort of scenario, <laughs> but he's doing it with scotch tape that his body creates. And there's all these <laughs> crazy, crazy powers that you'd never think of. But it's kind of cool because in the world of superheroes, so many powers are very, um, very stale. And um, oh, by the way, the guy who shoots uh, scotch tape from his body also has a helmet that looks like one of the members of Daft Punk, which is pretty cool. And this is like I mentioned that, that because the right. zeros. Yeah, but this like zeros in on like why I love this series so much. And it's because there's so much influence and Easter eggs based on Western pop culture that this series is just, it's amazing in that respect. And it's one of those things where if you're not super into anime, if you're more of a comic book, like, you know, maybe MCU fan or something like that, I think my hero academia is a very good jumping in point because there's going to be so much imagery that you're already familiar with and that you already love and appreciate. And uh, that's one of the things is because, because of how much I like American comics and superheroes, like I got so much, I got really into the, the series because of that. But I also like the creator of the series. I think I draw a lot of inspiration from as well on a creative level. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Drew, I think, I definitely think you should check out this show because of all the sort of comic book Easter eggs that I was going to mention. But I do think you might not like this show because it does a lot of the sort of super deformed, cartoony anime stuff that you might not be a fan of. But when the show has like its badass action scenes and story arcs, like, oh, man, are they super badass? So, well, yeah. Because of the level of you talking about it, I feel like I need to check it out. So it's definitely on my list of things to check out. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I will get around to it. Um, all right. So my first pick. Uh, do you have anything more to say on that before I go on? No, that's pretty much it. I just I just okay. really this one really surprised me how much I got into it. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. What's your next pick? And from you talking about it before, I'm. <laughs> Prize is not higher on your list. So um, it's one of those things like I am a season behind in the an like I think I'm close to caught up in the manga, but for the anime, I'm like a season behind. And I just felt like I wasn't being a true fan if I put it further up on my list sort of thing. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so 
So my first one for the night, um, we've already talked about, so I'm not going to go on, but it's Ninja Scroll. Love it. It's ridiculous, but it's amazing. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, that was my first pick for the night. So I'm going to throw it back to you just because we already talked about Ninja Scroll. So. Okay, my next yeah, one. Sorry, is, to, sorry um, to toss that back to you, but, you know. No, it's 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 definitely all good. My next one is a pick that I think is potentially the objectively best anime on my list. But just for personal reasons, I have a couple picks that I'm putting higher than it. But I went with the the film Akira. The uh, this it's hard to know where to begin with this one, but this is an amazing film. Um from a cinematography standpoint, from an animation, from a production design standpoint, like this is like, I feel like in the world of anime, you have Studio Ghibli and all their films are just very, very well renowned. And I feel like Akira is also within that box. And then you have the the sea of other stuff. But I feel like Akira is such a it's just such a well-renowned film because of the craftsmanship and the story is just so intricate and well done. And uh, this is a this is a movie that people watch in film class and they study this film like this is a considered one of the best films of all time. But it's also like a crazy, gruesome science fiction story that has some really weird, bizarre imagery in it that I love. And it's just one of those movies that I think I watched this movie when I was in college for the first time. And uh, this is a movie that to bring to like bring us back to like my history with Akira. I first heard about this movie when I was in like grade school because I was watching the sci-fi channel and they had a commercial for I don't know. It was like a commercial for like random anime movies that you could call and order and akira was one of them and at my age i had no idea what anime was but i was like oh cool this is like really cartoony stuff but they're doing really serious sci-fi looking stuff this looks awesome and then it was like years and years later that i finally watched this film and i was just blown away by all the things i was saying the story and the the level of animation and the design work and how detailed the backgrounds are and it's it's just as a piece of craft this is like an amazing movie but it's just it's also just like it's one of those movies that i feel like i watch every five years or so i'm just like I need to watch Akira again. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's it's good for me to watch Akira <laughs> every couple of years just to keep that uh, keep those Akira thoughts in my system, if you will. I know that sounds weird, but if you've ever seen this movie, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, you can see the influence of this movie on so many other things like direct um, animation grabs that went from this movie into Batman, the anim- animated series and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, Akira. Akira is incredible. Drew, I don't know if we matched on this one or what your thoughts on this pick are, though. We did not. And there's not there's not a lot of things I can say that you didn't already. Um, yeah. One of the big things with Akira that really stood out to me is there's another movie that I'll talk about later that uh, kind of falls into this category. But the backgrounds, like the like <laughs> style, the level of animation, it's like it's one of those things where you watch an anime for the first time. And you look at the like you're watching the story, but then you look at the background and your brain goes, holy crap. You know, you know, it's one thing to watch like a Disney movie and understand the animation you're looking at. And then you turn around and you see the animation 
from a Disney film to like an anime. And you're just like, good Lord, the amount of like work that goes into those movies. Um, it's kind of mind blowing, if you will. So, um, uh, but yeah, like Akira, like even the pop culture reference, I mean, ready player one, they have the Akira bike in the movie. Yeah. And this is a movie that kind of goes along for a crazy ride from beginning to end, if you will. Um, and it's, to me, it seems like it's all about the adventure. Um, and that's, and it's, it definitely stands out. It's, this is a movie I completely almost forgot about when I was doing my list. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, we didn't match, but that's just because of other stuff that I have on my list. So, um, but yeah, but no, Akira is awesome. So there's not much more I can say that you didn't already. No, I know. I, I want, I want on and on, but, uh, yeah, this is just, uh, this is just a great film. So if you haven't seen it, you definitely should give it a watch. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah what's uh, next on your list? Actually, we're supposed to get an Akira live action. I don't know if that's still happening because it keeps like getting pushed and backed up and all that stuff. So, um, all right. So next on my list, and this is the one that I don't entirely know if I can even consider it an anime, but everyone lists it as an anime. And that is Castlevania. Uh, okay. And I know you know what I'm talking about when I say it's an it. It feels to me like it's not, but everybody can count it as an anime. Um, we've talked heavily about Castlevania, so I'm not going to go nuts about it. But the show's awesome. Everyone should watch it. Um, I got sucked in big time to this show, mostly because, one, I like the games. But, two, I like the lore and they handled it so well. And it's just and it was funny. I was watching it and my kid uh, saw me like he walked in the room while I was watching. He's like, are you watching Dungeons and Dragons? And I'm like, I wish. <laughs> but I see how we got that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think um, Castlevania is just a great uh, series overall. Like, I love it from animation. Like, the animation is great. The uh, just the design work, just this show it feels it's just such it's just so good from like i think the writing is surprisingly intricate and the storytelling is just really really well done but it also just it has such good animation it's got such good visuals it's hard to know where to begin on this one and um i know i know what you mean because castlevania is technically People would you would say it's American made like it's Netflix put it together. And I believe it. I think it's written by Warren Ellis, which is a American comic book writer. But the thing is here. Here's the thing, which I was kind of hoping this was would be brought up. But I saw a YouTube video once that was talking about anime and whether whether you could consider series like Avatar, The Last Airbender, for example, anime, because those are West. That's a Western animated series. But the person on this YouTube um, video that I watched was saying, find me a anime that is solely made in Japan. And his point was, you cannot like it is so hard to find an animated series that is only produced, animated, like the music, voice acting, like it is impossible to find an animated series that's solely made in Japan because the thing is in the world we live in now, animation is a global industry and actually finding something that is 100% Japanese is really hard. And that's what led this YouTuber to come to this conclusion, which I actually 100% agree with is anime. Isn't necessarily for something to be anime. It doesn't necessarily mean it came from one place or another. He his um, his argument was that anime is a is an artistic movement more than anything else. 
And I feel like it's, I could elaborate on that, but I feel like that point is just made so, so well. And I am somebody who I know people would argue with this, but I do consider avatar the the last airbender as well as Castlevania. I do consider those anime series because I do subscribe to that concept that like anime is an artistic movement as opposed to simply defining it by an animated series that's made in one place in the world. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, it does. Yeah. So, I mean, I know, I know people, everybody's going to have their own opinion. I know a lot of people would argue with me against that, but I felt like that argument made a lot of sense when I first heard it. So, but Bring it back to Castlevania. Castlevania is awesome. We didn't match on this one, but I think the series is great. We didn't match on it partially because I know I'm behind on this <laughs> series as well. But from what I've watched, I love this this series for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, I wasn't sure if I could count it, but I'm like, no, I'm going to count it. So, all right, man, what's your, uh, what's your number three? Yeah, so my number three... Um, <laughs> This is a series that I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of hard to know objectively where it sits, but this is a series that I got into and almost solely for personal reasons. This is one of my favorite anime series of all time. This is another series that I've mentioned before on the show, but I went with the anime series Bakuman, which is an anime that is about two um like high schoolers who get together and decide they want to make a uh, manga and they get together and they write and draw a manga or a japanese comic book and they work on getting it published and eventually they reach that goal and the whole series is just about different characters making manga and that whole world and them competing against each other and uh it is it's hard to it's hard to describe and it might if you're not into that sort of thing it might sound really dumb but to me this series it's one of the few series that I've I actually stumbled upon the manga for this originally because this is an anime based on a comic and I read through the comic and it's one of those things where because I enjoy drawing my own comics and stuff I relate I felt myself relating to characters in the series like more than any other TV show or movie I've ever seen and certain lines that these characters say and the way they feel about just creating things in general. I was like astonished how well I, I related to these characters. Um, but then it's one of those things where I, I enjoyed the manga so much that I went ahead and I watched the anime and I just went through that really fast. And like, it was one of the things where I already read the manga, so I knew exactly what was coming. And then the anime covers mostly all the same points, but it was just such an enjoyable watch. <laughs> and then they also have a live action movie <laughs> based on the series that I ended up finding like a bootleg version of that movie online, because I honestly don't know if I can find it over here in America. But I found a version online that I watched and I really loved that movie as well. And it's one of those series that. I'm I'm not super outspoken about like I'm pretty quiet, but I've enjoyed like every iteration of the story that I've read so much. But it it really comes from me being somebody who really loves to draw, who really loves to create stories and make my own comics and just how much how well I related to the characters in the story. Um, 
and yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to know where else to go from there. And it's one of those things that based on what I'm saying, I feel like the listeners will know whether this is a series of them for whether this is a series for them or not. But to me, this is one of my favorite sort of pieces of entertainment that has been able to encapsulate the art of creating a story and the art of just creativity in general. And that's why I really appreciate this. Um, and at the same, what's that? I said, nice. That's, yeah. this is not a series I'm familiar with. So, yeah. And I, I think drew, I think you could watch this and you could kind of appreciate the, cause a lot of it, like it's about making manga. So a lot of it is about drawing, but there's a lot of, uh, writing elements to it as well. And I just think it's, it's one of those things that you read through or you watch through and it, the creative energy in this series is very infectious. It's one of those things that I can watch if I know I need to get in the creative mood. And that's what I really appreciate about this one. Sure. Yeah. This is a series I have no knowledge of really. Otherwise I can I take your word for it and go cool. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's weird because this is one of those things that I have no idea how I even heard about this series. <laughs> Like it was probably a random Google search. Like, are there any TV shows about comic book creators? I, I probably just searched something random and stumbled upon this. And then it ended up being my favorite thing. One of my favorite things ever. So, Right. Uh, well, my next pick for the night is um, and we're going a lot longer than I thought we were this evening. So that's OK, though. Um, I just realized I was like, look at the clock. I'm like, wow, we're kind of cruising. But at the same time, I'm like, holy cow, we've been talking for a while. Um all right, so uh, my next pick for the night is Ghost in the Shell. Um, I've talked about this before. Uh, just to give everyone kind of like a story synopsis, um, it's kind of a utopian future, if you will. Um, the main character is a Major Mira Killen, um, Killian. Sorry, um, she's kind of like the first of her kind. Um, she's a human cyborg, um, enhanced human, I guess you could say. Um, that survives a terrible like car crash and her body is saved and she gets cyber enhanced and she becomes like a, a soldier, maybe policeman sort of a thing. Um, and they hunt down like the world's dangerous, most dangerous criminals. Um, so it's like partial military, partial police, but um, the the robotic cybernetic stuff that goes on in this is just it's kind of mind blowing. This is one like Akira where like the backgrounds are just astounding to look at absolutely um, and then like so yeah you have the original movie yes they did a sequel which was pretty decent um uh ghost in the shell 2 and then they did like a, a handful of shows like ghost in the shell standalone complex and so on um and then yeah eventually you get to the ghost in the shell movie with scarlett johansson which this ghost in the house ghost in the shell uh, live action <laughs> film with scarlett johansson is um almost shot for shot remake of the movie itself. It's pretty spot on. Um, it's really well put together. They did a nice job at adapting that. Um, but overall, this was just one I kind of got kind of sucked into in terms of like anime. Um, if you know what I mean, like it's just one that I got, I just got invested in the idea of it and just kind of rolled with it. Um, it's one that I watched fairly early on and uh, it was a lot of, it was one of those things where I fell into this when um, I was just looking for anime. I was kind of new to the world of, and it was one that like was constantly raved about. Um, like Ninja Scroll was the very first anime I ever saw. And then I was like, Ooh, what other things are like this? And then someone pointed me to ghost in the shell and it kind of snowballed from there. But 
you know what I mean. But yeah, this is one that I've always really liked. I've talked about it heavily in the past, so I don't want to go too long on it. But yeah, Ghost in the Shell. So. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess just to clarify, are you just considering Ghost in the Shell just as a whole? Is that yeah. your pick or is there a specific kind of entry? Whole, kind of as a whole because it's like two movies and then like a whole bunch of shows. So just yeah. series as a whole, like lore dumping and all, you know what I mean? So Awesome. Well, yeah, it's um, this one. Um, I kind of actually forgot while I made my list, but I do love um, especially the movies in the series. I haven't watched much of the the actual shows and I haven't seen the new Scarlett Johansson movie, but uh, I do love Ghost in the Shell. And I think um, this is one like like Akira. I feel like this is a really well-renowned movie or I think Ghost in Shell in general is just very well renowned and it's gone on to influence so many things that we know and love today. Um, Maybe most notably, like the Matrix definitely took a lot of pages out of Ghost in the Shell's book. But I just this is a good series because animation and artwork level, as you were kind of talking, like, I guess I should say this is a great movie because of those aspects. Like, it's just so well crafted, but it's also story wise it's kind of it has that really cool sort of social commentary dystopian future that we're all dreading going on as well so um it's hard to know what else to say besides what you said but uh yeah definitely a good pick um all right man what's your next one so my next one um if we did a top five anime or sorry, a top five manga list, this would be my number one pick. But since it's anime, this is actually my number two pick. And that is uh, Berserk. And uh, this is a series I've talked about on the podcast quite a bit before. Um, most recently, I talked about the series a lot because of the passing of uh, this series creator. Uh, Kentaro Miura passed away a little bit earlier this year, sure. unfortunately. But uh This is along the lines of Claymore uh, that I mentioned earlier. This is a series that is a very badass, just really intricate, um, but also action packed and gory um, fantasy storyline. This is one of the this is one of my favorite fantasy like forget just including this in anime. This is one of my favorite fantasy series that I've ever been introduced to. Um, And it's just, it's one of those things where I was a little bit into anime in high school. Like I mentioned before, like I was into Dragon Ball Z and some of the adult swim shows and Ninja Scroll and stuff like that. And then I went to college and kind of got out of it. And Berserk was a suggestion that, a friend of mine gave to me that really got me back into anime. And it's it's one of those things where Berserk is such a good series that once you get into it, it's hard to find something that lives up to the series. So Berserk, I've talked about it so much in the past, but if you like gory if you like really gory, cool, intricate fantasy stories, definitely check this out <laughs> for the short term that this is both completely accurate and not accurate at all. If you if something that's if something somewhere between Evil Dead and Game of Thrones sounds like it would be up your alley, check out this series. Um, and just to clarify, there's a couple different iterations of this show um, and there's a couple animated movies as well. But 
specifically uh, for this pick, I would be talking about the 1997 Berserk animated series, which is, in my opinion, the best uh, entry they've had into the series. So, yeah. Well, I don't. This is a series I've never watched, but in terms of my streaming viewing and stuff, it keeps popping up as a things you might like. <laughs> so I think I'm going to have to give this a check out, too. Yeah. And, and this is one. Um, there's a couple different iterations. And I, Drew, I think you would probably like wherever you start it, wherever you start with. But if you are able to start with the 1997 animated series, I really do think that's the best. But there are a couple of movies that are pretty good. There's a 2016 uh, animated series of this as well. That's very hit hit or miss, depending on, uh, you know, who's watching. So it'll be interesting to hear if you ever do end up watching this. It'll be interesting to hear your thoughts, though. Sure. All right, man. Well, my next one for the night. What are we at, by the way? My next one for the night is um, a, a movie called a movie slash series. This is the one where it kind of goes to the all. It's a series called Appleseed. Um, I've talked about it before a little bit. Um, it's about a utopian society created at the end of like a third world war. Um, and you have a female warrior who's been kind of. She's been kind of battling it out like the war never stopped for her. And she's basically trying to survive in the Badlands, if you will, like the like the rest the the spacing of it. And she kind of gets pulled out or extracted and she has to kind of get herself back into the swing of things, into what humankind has become and how like advanced of a society they are in the areas that are not war torn. And then there's a conspiracy that envelops and it's a lot of robots and guns and uh, crazy tech. And yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, But it's one that like I kind of like stumbled on just imagery caught my attention, like the artwork. And I'm like, no, I'll give this a shot. And then I was completely (laughs) like just enveloped and sucked in. Um, uh, There's three movies and a television and a series. I never watched the series, but the three movies are fantastic. So. Um, and nice. I, I, I just haven't watched the series because I don't know where it's streaming that I don't have to pay for it. So and when I say that, I mean, it's not on Netflix. It's not on Amazon. Um, you know, like, where can I watch it where I don't have to pay like a dollar ninety nine an episode kind of thing? So absolutely. This is um, I believe I've watched one of the Appleseed movies, but it's been a long time. Um, I think I liked it. But really, all I remember is I think there is some cool cg mecha action scenes in there <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, like the first movie is like half cg half normal anime um it's just it's it's a weird blend but it's really cool at the same time so nice what do we got man what's your final pick of the night okay so my final pick of the night i really do think that this is it's really hard to say berserk 1997 or this one what's my favorite but i really do think this is my favorite series when it comes to something that's very infectious something that keeps you watching something that you'll think about for years to come and that series is death note um this is a series that conceptually it's just such a cool story concept because this is a series about Someone who gets a it's about this character light who gets this notebook and the notebook has magical properties. You know, maybe it came from a death god. I don't know. You'll have to watch the series to find out. But if you write somebody's name in this notebook, it will kill them. 
and it it has this effect on anybody across the world. And it's such a simple, simple concept, but it's such a cool concept where you think of the story implications of, okay, you write somebody's name in a notebook and then that person will die like 30 seconds later. What could one person do with this power? And then if somebody had this power, what would the, how would everybody else react? You know, how would the authorities react? Would there be people trying to find out who is, you know, causing all these random deaths? You know, are people going to be looking into it? And the series ends up being kind of this really crazy concept that turns into a really intricate and interesting cat and mouse game between this character who has this notebook that gives him the ability to kill anyone he wants and another character who is for lack of a better term like the world's best de- detective like this really really smart detective character who is trying to figure out who is causing who or what is causing all these deaths and it becomes this very intricate cat and mouse game between these two characters and uh, all the moves they employ to uh either evade each other or uh, continue their plots. And it's past that. It's, it's hard to know what to say, but this is a series that it's animated. It is almost all dialogue and strategy. It's not one of those series that you watch. That's a lot of um, action, but I think death note is just so smart because when you watch it, you don't even care that there's a not there's not a lot of action because the storyline is just so good that you get so engrossed. And this is one of those series that has that sort of uh, it has that lost level aspect of it, where it's one of those series that you once you finish an episode, you just want to jump into the next one. And uh, it's just it's just so interesting and it's so well done. Um, this series, the creators of this series also did uh the series Bakuman that I was talking about a couple, oh, okay. a couple picks earlier <laughs> and they're both very different series. But, um, I guess that I'm just mentioning that cause it goes to show that I like that writer and artist combo a lot. But, uh, death note is one of those, I guess I can leave it at this. This is one of the ones where if I was trying to show one anime series to somebody to try to get them into anime, I might show them Death Note because I really think it's that good and it's that level of like it's going to get you hooked sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah. Um, this is one that I've been meaning to watch forever, but you're selling me on it more and more. So I'm literally going to probably have to make this one of the next things I watch. I've been told to watch it several times. I know they did a live action movie, but I've not watched the live action movie. Um, I just know there was some uh, mixed feelings with the fans. Um but no, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to give Death Note a go, like an actual just time to sit down and watch it. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say check it out. Um, the biggest thing that I feel like the biggest drawback for you, Drew, is some the char- There is a decent amount of just teenage characters in the show, and I don't know if that would be a drawback no, or not. That doesn't, but, that doesn't bother me at all because when it comes to anime, a lot of times you know you're walking into that. <laughs> Absolutely. But but I do I do think that it's a very it's a very smart series and it's very like some of the storytelling is really genius in Death Note. And it's one of those things where if you watched the series and then you watched the Netflix live action version of this, it would be really interesting to hear your take because I've watched both as well. 
and I liked both for different reasons, <laughs> but it'll be a very interesting discussion when it finally happens. All right. Nice. Um, well, my final pick of the night, um, I've mentioned the show before, um, and I mentioned I was, uh, I think last week I said I was watching the catching up on the final, the most recent season. Um, and that's sword art online. Um, nice. I don't, know, I don't know if you've checked it out, Peter. Um, but, uh, this is a show that it came as a recommendation. Uh, I was kind of like one of those, uh, if based on things I know you like, you should check this show out. I think it's kind of cool. So yeah, I basically decided to give it a watch. Um, and I became invested in the story, in the love story, the social commentary. Like I became heavily, heavily invested and I haven't had like a cartoon in like grab my attention like that in a very, very long time. Um, ultimately sword art is about, um, a video game called sword art online. It's like a, it's like an MMO game, like a world of Warcraft or an elder scrolls or something like that. And, um, the characters log in with a, it's called nerve gear. So it's like a virtual reality, but like it puts you to sleep. So like, you're actually kind of like in a, uh, I guess you could say in a sleep state while you're playing the game. So you're basically just laying on your bed, you activate it. And then it's like a dream state, if you will, as you're playing, but it's virtual reality. It's VR. And, um, the character, the, the main characters all log in and it's the launch of the game. Okay, so it's like day one of the game, and the creator has a special message for those who are able to log in on day one. And they all go to like the central part of the city, and the creator comes out and says, Welcome to the game, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. And he says that he is officially holding everyone hostage, and they cannot log out of the game. Like, your logout has been disabled. His whole purpose was to. De- to build as a science experiment, a thriving society and wanted to see how it unfolded and uh, manifested and kind of created itself. So these players are trapped inside the game and he has disabled all certain features because it's a nerve gear tech. It's like linked into your brain waves. If you die in the game, you die for real. Um, so these players are like trapped and the only way to get, to get out is someone has to complete the game. Um, and when they get out, it would save everybody. So the quest begins, if you will. The cool part that I didn't expect coming was halfway through the first season, they get out of the game (laughs) and I'm only spoiling this because what you find out was is that they were in the game for two years. The world has changed outside, and now there's half in-game, half fallout from what happened from these players who were trapped in the game for so long. That's awesome. So, like, the, <laughs> so like the main character gets out and he wakes up in a hospital bed because all the players who were logged in originally in the real world got moved to hospitals and put on life support to keep them alive because it hit the news and like that because I was watching I'm just all into everything going on and then he gets out of the game and I'm like dude I'm only like 10 episodes in he's getting out of the game now and then he like is in the hospital and he's walking down the hall like uh like Rick from Walking Dead like what's going on where am I (laughs) yeah and and that's how the episode ended I'm like oh my god the show just cracked wide open and then it goes from there and the show actually covers multiple video games multiple VR games that they go into 
and they do an augmented reality one and like various things because some of the characters become testers because of their experience in the sword art game. You know what I mean? It's but the social commentary on AI and how tech affects us is probably one of the coolest parts about the show. So but I also yeah. got I but I also got heavily, heavily, heavily invested in the love story, like more so than I expected to like. I had like I was like addicted to it as I was watching the first couple seasons. So that's yeah. awesome. Um, this is one that I've seen a couple episodes of. I started watching and uh, the first couple episodes, I felt like jumped around a lot where like every single episode, it was like you have your main character who's the same, but there's like a new cast of characters every time. And that kind of made it hard for me to get into, but listening to your your description of the show just now, it honestly sounds like I quit before the show got good. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I need to jump in and uh, give this a rewatch for sure. Well, the, the three seasons that there are are on Netflix. There yeah. is a movie, there's a movie called Sword Art Online Ordinal Scale, which is not on Netflix for some reason, but it's on Hulu. So if you watch the two, if you watch the show, you would watch season one, two, then jump over to Hulu, watch Ordinal Scale and then watch the third season. Um, watching the third season, you could technically skip Ordinal Scale. You don't have to see it. But there are certain things that kind of think make a little more sense if you do. So um, but I think but it's awesome. It's one of my favorites. Um, it's the one that I was told was not considered anime by someone i was at a wedding and oh, the guy at the table watched anime and him and i started talking about it and i brought up sword art and he's like dude that's not anime and i was like oh well oh okay <laughs> <laughs> why but isn't it anime? i, I really don't know he never gave you. me a reason but it made me think <laughs> it made me think of that meme or that comic strip or whatever you were talking about like the two guys not agreeing with, with the series that they like so absolutely um, absolutely but that's because anime is so vast mm -hmm. um Anyway, check out Sword Art Online because it's awesome. Um, and that being said, Peter, that's the end of the list. What are we doing next week, man? Yes. So we've had a lot of crazy episodes lately. We've had fictional sports. We had anime. <laughs> we had I don't even remember what, but I wanted to do another just really weird out there list. You know, let's keep this train going. So this one is going to be hard, I think, but I think this is going to be a really fun discussion. And that is going to be our top five favorite TV show opening theme songs. <laughs> and this is one that it's it's music related. So it could be specifically you just really like that theme song, but it also could be one of those. I actually really love the opening for this TV show and the pairing of the music and the imagery that's presented. And this is a weird one, but I do think this is going to be a really fun, albeit niche, but I do think this is going to be a really fun topic to tackle. Uh, yeah, that's, I think this could be a hard one. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's a hard one because there's so many different ways that you can go, but that's, what's going to be fun about it is like we could do, it could be anything from sitcoms to Saturday morning cartoons. And, uh, it'll be really interesting to see what we pick. <laughs> also, well, there's also like the dramas too. So like, you know, I'm expecting lost to make their list. Maybe, maybe you know the lost theme song. <laughs> 
I mean, I wouldn't really consider it a song, but yeah, I do know that opening <laughs> sequence, and I believe there was uh, whoever crafted that. Sequence. It's like two two musical notes with the title. It's like do do. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think an Emmy an Emmy was one for that uh, probably for that opening probably. Um, anyway, um, that's what we're doing next week. Top five uh, favorite TV themes. Um, do us a favor, every, do us a favor, everybody. Um, check out our website, top five report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, top five report at gmail.com. You can hit us up at the show there. Um, hit us up on social media. Either way works. Uh, we're on Google play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple podcasts. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. Um, and uh, you can leave us a review. We love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I'll be reminding you that real men use swords that are bigger than they are. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> um, all right, everyone, for the top five report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week.